Isaiah chapter 45. Thank you, worship team. You guys are awesome. Isaiah chapter 45, verse 2 and 3. Some of you know this scripture by heart. I teach it to you in the home, I teach it to you in the training center, and after they've taught it to you, they make you repeat it over and over. It says, I will go before you. And I will level the mountains. Matter of fact, can we read this together? Can we do that? I'm coming out of the NIV, so if you have it, you can read it with me. If not, still do your best to read along. Let's read it. Are you ready? It says, I will go before you and will level the mountains. I will break down the gates of bronze and cut through the bars of iron. I will give you hidden treasures, riches stored in secret places, so that you may know that I am the Lord, the God of Israel, who summons you by name. <sighs> Powerful. Shake three people's hands and tell them you are a treasure of darkness. Then you may be seated. This past NFL playoffs, I had a great time. I had a fun time. It was good. It was great. All the way up until the time my team lost. But I still had fun. One thing I've learned is that it's not about the end goal. It's actually about the journey, getting there. And getting there was fun. I had a great, great time as a 49er fan, you know, seeing some great things happen with our team, plus see potential. But one of the things that was really fun for me is after we beat the Carolina Panthers, it was on with some Seahawks fans. And we began to talk. I have a lot of friends who are Seahawks fans, and, you know, we, we were kind of going back and forth on the social media network, and, you know, we were giving our two cents. And, you know, let's be honest. We're just a bunch of fans. We don't know what we're really doing. We know a bunch of statistics. We don't play the game, but it's still fun. Right? Still fun. Just like the same way it is with Raider fans. It's still fun. Right? You haven't had fun in a long time, but it's still fun for us. Don't get too happy. I'm going to make sure you get humble. Amen. And so I remember I was talking with a few of the Seahawks fans. We were going back and forth and Oh, well, you know what? And, you know, we were talking about some things. And, oh, well, Richard Sherman, he's the best cornerback in the game. Well, you know what? Well, we got a great, the best linebacker trio in the game. Could be one of the best, our defensive line. Well, we have the number one defense. And, oh, you know, we're going back and forth. And back, you know, talking about all these statistics of today. And then finally, when it seemed like, you know, the Seahawks fans were getting the upper hand, right away, most Niner fans, what do we do? We always go, well, we've got five rings. And you've got a ring pop. In other words, they don't have anything. They have nothing. And so right away, a lot of Seahawks fans, they go, oh, you guys, you guys just live in the past. That's all you do. You just live in the past. But right away, we say, look, don't get mad at us because we have a rich heritage and we've got some history. We have something we've built upon. Now, granted, your team is good. And let's be honest, the Seahawks beat us fair and square. We lost. Don't look, if you're a Niner fan and you're like, oh, well, the calls, look at, we don't play that. We lost, we lost. That's it. We got another year. We messed up, we'll change our mistakes, and we move on. But the thing, one thing that even though we lost, even though we messed up, even though Seahawks still try to talk smack, right away, we just go, look, five rings. Because that doesn't change, even though they beat us. It doesn't change. That's still our history. We still have that. See, here in Victory Outreach, you need to know something. You've got a history. You've got a legacy. That no matter what you may be going through right now, you've got a legacy. You have history. Tell your neighbor, you've got history. 
See, and here in Victory Outreach, we have generations. With, we have a few generations now within Victory Outreach. We have established three generations that have been able to take place now as we're writing history. See, right now, as you are sitting here, you're writing history. You're making history right now in Victory Outreach. Some of you didn't even like history in school. And now you're writing history in the spirit. Woo, come on, somebody. You're writing history. You're making history. That's what you're a part of right now. See, the three generations that we have is the pioneer generation. We have the Joshua generation. And we have the next generation. Now, the pioneer generation is those that were very unique. This pioneer generation was very unique. That was a lot of where my father, and you hear a lot about if you've never met my father, and we talk about him a lot, is because we always give honor to those who went before us. That's why we call them the pioneers, because they they, uh, blazed that trail. That's what they didn't know where they were going. They had no idea what was happening, but they just went. Just went, because God said so. Matter of fact, if you hear a lot of the, the testimonies that you'll hear about from our founders and from the ones who went before, that's the, I, I love about this church is that we have the opportunity to hear a lot of great stories because of the rich heritage that this church has here in Victory Outreach Hamward. We still have uh, one of our uh, legacy holders, and that is Pastor Joseph Pineda right here in our church. So when people ask, well, Victory Outreach, you know, how, how much a part of it are you guys? Uh, like, believe me. We are VO. It's in our DNA. Matter of fact, the people that helped pioneer this church made the DNA of Victory Outreach. So it's the, it flow. Just look at my veins. You see that? You see that? Drug addict veins. Should I say addict veins? Like Paul said, I'm addicted to the cause. You see it? You see it? It's right there. The founders, they were, they were very unique people. They had no idea what was going on. And you hear the testimonies. Even uh, my mom and, and my dad, when they came up here to Hayward, you hear about all they had was a son, myself, a trailer filled with just a few things, furnishings, didn't even really have a house, and they just went up and said, okay, let's go to Hayward. And you, you've even heard the story before. My father, the, one of the first titles of his message when he came here to Hayward was, Where in the world is Hayward? Because let's be honest. People still have no idea where Hayward is. They don't. They really don't. Matter of fact, the majority of the people within Victory Outreach International, they would not know where Hayward is if it wasn't for Victory Outreach. They would have no idea. We would just have to tell them Oakland and San Francisco. Oh, okay. Hayward, where's that? I remember one time I I told somebody, oh, from Hayward. They go, oh, Wisconsin. (laughs) Do I look like I'm from Wisconsin? (laughs) No. No, There's actually three Haywards in the United States, just in case you didn't know that. There's three of them. And so, but that's why when we talk about Hayward, we say, no, 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 Hayward, the one where Victory Outreach is present. The one where Victory Outreach is making a statement and making a staple in that city. That Hayward right there in California in the heart of the bay. Come on, somebody, give the Lord a hand of praise. That's because of the pioneers. They were more concerned about winning souls than the comfort of their very own families. They're more concerned. Let's just win souls, win souls, win souls. There's a story that my mom and my father used to talk about how when I was a child, you know, instead of diapers, my father went out and bought flyers. Okay, we've only got this much money. What do we do? What do we do? And so my parents talked about it, said, okay, we're going to buy diapers. So my dad left the house, saying, I'm going to buy diapers. And he left the house and he came back. Look, babe, I've got flyers. So I guess they use flyers for my diapers, I guess. Because that's what it was. It was all about just winning souls. Let's just win souls. Let's just go for it. The help, did they have help? It came here. It came there. And then it left. That was it. At the beginning, they had a few people would come here. A few people would come there. And then that was it. You're on your own. 
You're by yourself. And these were the pioneers. They had no idea where the money was going to come from. They had no idea where the water was going to flow from. They had no idea where the groceries were going to come and be inside the fridge. But they went. Why? Because they had that pioneering spirit because they wanted to build something. And that, my friend, is the legacy that we are built upon, that pioneer generation. Very unique because they were told, you're going to conquer the world. And they believed it. You know what the Internet is called? The World Wide Web. Guess who conquered that? The pioneers. See, we have the world at our fingertips because of them. Think about that for a second. Let that settle in. We have the world at our fingertips because they were able to travel the world and go all over the place and conquer it for our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. See, the pioneer generation received God's purpose and values for this ministry. And the values and the purpose they passed on to the Joshua generation. And that's the majority of a lot of us here, the Joshua generation. Many of us getting the values, getting these principles that were passed down, that were given to us, and we get a hold tight to these values. The Joshua generation is the bridge builders, building bridges, bringing what was given from the pioneers and taking it, internalizing it, and then giving it out. The bridge builders. Our father used to always talk about you never really appreciate a bridge until a storm comes. And that's the same way it is with the Joshua generation, with leadership. You never really appreciate it until a storm comes. Then you're like, man, thank God for this bridge. Have you ever been over the, the, the Bay Bridge or the Golden Gate when the waves are really going? I mean, and you feel it too, and you look over, you're like, wow, thank God for this bridge. When it's a sunny day, you're like, oh, this is great. This is awesome. But then when all of a sudden when the storms come and the winds come, you drive slower. You're looking out like, ooh, thank God for the Joshua generation. They got to bridge that gap. They have a great responsibility because the Joshua generation outnumbers the pioneers. But the Joshua generation is the link between the past and the future, between the roots and the direction of where this ministry is to go. See, this Joshua generation, we have a very profound responsibility. We must remind ourselves of who we are and transmit this vision to the next generation or else, listen to me here very carefully, or else the vision will die. It's very important what you and I have, what you and I hold on to. Some of you may say, well, I just started attending a church. Catch this vision. Grab a hold of this vision. It's a great vision because it's very important. you got to pass it on to your children and to your children's children. You have to grab a hold of this. Tell your neighbor, catch the vision. Why? Because you're going to pass this on to the next generation, to those that are coming up that are in high school and junior high and in our training centers. So you're saying, well, what is this vision? Well, I want to give it to you right here, right now. Are you ready? Somebody say, who are we? Tell your neighbor, say, who are you? Well, I'm going to give you a few points right here of who we are as Victory Outreach, this vision. Are you ready here this morning? I'm going to give it to you really quickly. Number one, we are a vision-driven ministry. Vision-driven. Proverbs chapter 29, verse 18 says, Where there is no vision, the people perish. I like what it says in the Holman Christian Standard Version. It says, without revelation, people run wild. Without revelation, people run wild. Why? Because the vision keeps us together. This vision is able to put us on board and bring it together that no matter what, well, well, I don't know, well, how about this, and this feels good. Listen, I want you to know something. I listen and I read other books from other ministers and other ministries, and they're great and they're good, but I want you to tell you something. That common vision, it doesn't bring me together. This keeps us together, that no matter what victory outreach you go to, you pretty much can walk into the doors and you go, yeah, I can tell the vision. I can see the house vision. I can see what's going on here. They're reaching the inner cities, oh, the treasures out of darkness. I can feel it there. When you go to many other ministries, they have a great house vision. They have a powerful one, a great one that's going on there. But the connection worldwide, it kind of loses that connection there. It loses it there. See, within Victory Outreach, a lot of times wherever you go, you feel that vision. And our vision, what is it? To reach the treasures out of darkness in every inner city of the world. Who in the world goes to liquor stores to win souls? We do. Who in the world says, where's the connections house? I want to go pray for the connection. We do. 
Who in the world sees a guy shooting a gun, stop, go over to him, and prays for him? Wait, like, who does that? Who in the world looks at the newspaper and says, where's the worst area in the city? I want to go there. That's what we do. I mean, the stories that I've heard from uh, Pastor Rick talking about when they went to El Salvador, they were told by the government, you need to stay away from this neighborhood. Guess what they did? Went to that neighborhood. Now, they were also smart as well. They had to, you know, hide their chains and take off all their stuff. uh, Plus, in El Salvador, you have to cover yourself uh, because they, they check. The way they do gangs is they check tattoos. They'll look at your tattoos. No matter where your tattoos are, even if you look like you have tattoos, They'll walk right up to you, no matter where, because the government don't run El Salvador. The gangs run. The cartel runs El Salvador. And they'll walk right up to you, and they'll lift up your shirt. Like, they were, they were telling me, we are talking about some stories. He's all, yeah, I had some flyers in my hand, and two of the guys walked right up to me, one with a gun. He walked right up and lifted, lift, didn't even ask, just lifted up your shirt, said, where are you from? Where are you from? Now, mind you, they got a gun in their pocket. They don't really like and take to what we bring as Americans sometimes. They don't like that. Matter of fact, they want to take from us. But guess what we do? We say, oh, I'm from Victory Outreach. Oh, Victory Outreach. Tell me more. We don't say, no, we're American, we're this, we're that. No, no, no. You want my DNA? It's called Victory Outreach. That's what I bring to you. And you say, well, what's Victory Outreach? You know what Victory Outreach is? Victory Outreach is one of the largest inner city ministries in the world. How is that possible? Through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. That's how it's possible. Because this house vision is a great vision that we can go into any inner city in the world and preach this vision. The vision that God has given to you and I. It's a powerful vision. Can I hear an amen? The second thing is that we are a ministry of faith. Somebody say faith. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 6 says, and without faith it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. Faith. This ministry was built on faith. This ministry is going to live on faith. This future vision is being built on faith. In the book of Hebrews, we call it the hall of faith because of all these men. By faith, Noah built the ark. By faith, Samson saw the strength of God. By faith, Moses. By faith, David. By faith, Enoch. By faith, Pastor Steve. By faith, Pastor Sonny. By faith, Pastor Toby. By faith, Brother Greg. By faith, Michael G. By faith, by faith. What we do here at Victory Outreach Heart of the Bay is by faith. It's by faith. A lot of times people say, well, how do you know that's going to work? I don't. I don't know if it's going to work. People ask me that all the time. Well, how do you know? And I try to get, I I say it as as smart and philosophical as they do when they ask me the question. So um, how do you know that that's going to work according to the schematics of the city of Hayward? My answer, um, I have no idea. I just do it. God said. Now, of course, we got to see God because without faith, it's impossible to please God. So you can do the works all you want. Oh, look what I'm doing. Look what I'm doing. But you got to have faith because you're doing it by faith. See, some of you here in this 2014, you got to step out by faith. I don't know if it's going to work. Step out by faith. Well, I, I don't really, I've never done this before. I've never tried it. Guess what? Step out by faith. That's it. By faith. You want to please God? Step out of faith. And he will honor that of those who earnestly and diligently seek him. The third thing is that we are a value-driven ministry. We have values. We call them the five E's and the three C's. Exaltation, evangelism, establishing, envisioning, equipping. And then our three C's, the cause, the community, and the corporation. I like what Roy Disney said. He said, it's not hard to make decisions when you know what your values are. It's not hard to make a decision. When you know what you value, when you know where you're putting your priorities, when you know where it's at. See, when certain things come and they, they come and it looks, an uh, uh, opportunity comes, you go, wait, 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 what are my values? Does this go in alignment with what I believe? Does this work with what I believe? 
You know, small illustration. The other day, I had one of the guys, we were talking about movies. He was talking about a movie, and he said he walked in the movie. And he goes, he was watching the movie, watching the movie, and then he just got up and walked out. So why'd you walk out? You know, just, well, because I just didn't, it didn't agree with me. I go, oh, because you got values. Yeah, that's his value. Now, other people, they can go and they go, well, I can watch the movie, no problem. It's no big deal. Hey, it's, it's there. But that's fine. Everybody has different values. See, us as Victory Outreach, we have certain values. That when we exalt, we exalt God. We lift him up. Not the ministry. I, I like the way, uh, who was it, uh, uh, Dean, that guy, how do you say his last name? The, the longest, the Greek name I've ever heard in my life. Yeah, yeah, let's just call him DK. How about that? Let's just call him DK. He's from the hood now. Long old name, but I like what he said. I'll, I'll never forget that. He, said, he talked about how the work of the church is prayer. And the reward for the prayer is ministry. See, our job is to get in connection with God, not to do the Martha all the time. Well, I got to do this. I got to do this. No, 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 no. Get in connection with him. Please him. Know that. And based upon that, then you're going to get your values. And you put him, exaltation, evangelism. I want to tell you something. There, I don't think there's anybody that you can go with anywhere in the world that can evangelize like Victory Outreach. We're a little radical. Matter of fact, even yesterday we were having our prayer walk. How many went to the prayer walk yesterday? Wasn't that awesome? Man, that was awesome. I, it was just, when we ended at City Hall, I just felt so like, wow. Something just loosened. It just, wow, I, I can't explain it. You had to be there. It was, next one, you got to go. That's all I'm saying. Next prayer walk, you got to go. And so I was talking with a few of the pastors out here. And so we were talking and and, uh, and I seen Greg. I go, Greg, come here. I go, tell the guys, get rid of the banners. He goes, are you sure? I go, yeah, yeah, get rid of the banners. And then I start talking with the, the pastors because one of the pastors, he brought a banner. And he goes, oh, you want us to get rid of banners? I go, no, 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 no. You can keep the banners. Go for it. That's, those are yours. But I go, us? We're just radical. And sometimes we got to tone it down because we're here to pray. See, our natural DNA is evangelize. It's in our name. So yesterday I had to tell them, okay, just get rid of the manners, you know. I know a few of them kept signs. They're like, Jesus loves you. Okay, okay, that's cool. That's fine, you know. It's good. But like, look, just tone it down. Because wherever we go, we're just like, give me a trash can, man. I'm going to flip it upside down. I'm going to I want you to know right now that Jesus loves you and he can change your life. And no matter what you're going through, listen, God's got a plan for your life. You need to know that Jesus can change your life. And we got a church over here where we can help you. And no matter what you're going through, bring your family, bring your friends. God bless you. Jesus loves you. All right. I know I said trash can, but that's a $600 trash can right there. I would just radical like that. Go for it. People ask me sometimes, you know, can I go preach? Preach! If you want to make a pulpit, carve it out of wood or stone and put it right there and go on the street corner and go right there on the street corner and start preaching the gospel, go for it. It's in your DNA. It's who you are. It's one of our values. Preach the gospel. Let people know that Jesus Christ can change their life. It's a value of who we are. We're not perfect at it. We don't have it all together. But that's why one of our other E's is to get equipped. Equip yourself. Get involved in Vethi. Because if you go out there and you stand up on the trash can enough times, somebody's going to walk up to you and go, so how do you know Jesus Christ is real? Can you show me? And, they're gonna be, and you're going to be like, Jesus loves you. All right, yeah. And it's good and it's great. But after time, okay, now get equipped. Get something. It's study the word of God. Get in there. You're saying, well, how can I do that? We have VETI, our Victory Educational Training Institute. Get involved. I don't know about you, but I love studying the Word of God. Oh, I love it. And the way that the tools are now used on the Internet, oh, my gosh. If ever you're with me when I'm studying, I have about 10 tabs open. I have about 10 tabs. If you know what tabs are on the Internet, you know what I'm talking about. I got this tab because I have this commentary. I got this commentary. I got this one. I got this expository. I put it. All right, which one? Are you? And I'll put it all together. And then I still have my books. And I'll look at because, man, I love studying the Word of God. It's good stuff. It's great stuff. Equip yourself. Tell your neighbor, equip yourself. 
Albert Einstein said, try not to become a man of success, but rather try to become a man of value. The fourth thing that we are is we are a family-oriented ministry. Acts chapter 2 verse 46 says, every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts. See, we are connected together through Christ Jesus. Can I hear an amen? We say it all the time. He's our father. He is our father. He's our Abba father. And because of him, we're able to connect with one another. Family. See, I know many of you sometimes whenever you hear, oh, there's a party going on or oh, they, they got that going on over there. Ah, that's no big deal. I just want to go to church. I'll just come to church. I'll just sit in church and I'll be a part. I'll do my duty. I'll do my celestial duty and I'll punch my time card in and then I'll punch it out. I want you to know something. Here at Richard, it's important that the fellowships that we have, we don't make them just for no reason. We do them because there's purpose behind them. That you could come and you can fellowship and kind of break down this atmosphere. Because here in this atmosphere, it's a man and he's sharing the word of God. And he's able to share with you and speak into your life. But I know sometimes, many times, your mind starts wandering and you got questions. Well, when you're able to get into that atmosphere of fellowship, then all of a sudden you break it down and there becomes that family. Having that, that's the connection that we have together. Somebody say together. I want you to look at three people right now. Tell them, you are my family. Come on, tell them. Say, you are my family. Connection. Somebody say connection. Connect. You got to be connected. Stay connected. It's very important because that is going to help you in the times of need. The Bible says that they came together and they broke bread and they began to eat with glad and sincere hearts. Listen, if there's anything that this pastor cannot do very well, it speaks Spanish. But if there's anything that this pastor can do well, it is eat Spanish. I may not have the darkest of skin, but I can eat me some soul food. Whatever food you got, I'm pretty sure the stomach will agree with that plate. Side note, if you ever get the chance, prayerfully one day you will, Indonesia, the best food I've ever had in my life. Ever. It is good. Right, how many been to Indonesia? Raise your hand. Okay, a few of you. All right. Do you guys agree with me or no? If I'm not telling the truth, okay, it's good. I, I'm telling you, I love Mexican food. I love American food. But Indonesian, oh, my Lord, they should have put that in the Bible. It was so good. But you got to taste it. You got to try it. You got to get out there step out in faith. Who knows? Maybe this year we'll have to make a Philippine and Indonesian invasion. Just saying. The fifth thing we are is a discipleship-based ministry. Matthew chapter 28, verse 19 says, Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. How many nations? How many nations? All nations. All of them making disciples everywhere you go. We have an emphasis on discipleship, not just converts, but reproducing of ourselves into others. Reproducing ourselves, that's one of the things that we're major and we, we, we heavily rely upon is discipleship. Not just making converts, but making disciples. Listen, if you're here today and you are not under somebody within discipleship, because if I'm saying this word and you have no idea what it is, that definitely means you need to get under somebody. Be a disciple. Get involved. Find out about it because many times you'll hear the preacher come up here and they use exponential words and you're like, what does that word even mean? Get a disciple to exponentiate that word. I just made it up. The first one I didn't, the second one I did. Right, Mom? She's like the English genius over here. That's where I get a lot of my proofreading from as well. But you got to get in there, get a disciple, uh, be, be a disciple, and then as you become a disciple, you'll get a disciple. 
the discipleship process, go and making disciples all over the world. I am so excited. I might get ahead of myself in this point, but I want to tell you something. Wow. What's going to be happening and taking place? We are not just looking forward to sending out pastors. We're going to be sending out churches. Okay, I'm going to let that settle in real quick. Okay, I left you all the way over here in left field. Let's come on over to home plate. Look, at this is what we're going to do. We are not just, see, that's how we used to do. We used to just send out pastors. And thank God, hello, thank God, Pastor Stephen Josie made it. Amen? Thank God for them and the pioneers that did it. But the things that they learned, we are now learning. So as they've learned it, they said, man, there was a lot of us that exactly, you know, didn't make it the way that we thought, you know. That we have some, but there's not many around. So now the Joshua generation taking this. Okay, what are we going to do? So little by little, what we want to start doing is we want to start sending out churches to go and to, into a strategic city and take over the whole city. Now you're saying, well, how's that? Is the heart of the bay going to go? No, 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 no. What we're going to do, because we have regions, remember, family, family. We have family reunions all the time. Our next regional, get involved with our family reunion. It's a great one. And we have them. And what we want to start doing is little by little, we want to start raising up two guys here, two women here, three men here. And we want to start sending out. In our region, we have seven churches. Can you imagine if we just sent out five from our church, five people from our church and five from every church? So we have seven. We sent out five. How many is that? Thirty-five. Now, we have 35 within our region. We are in a multi-region. We have three regions. So if every church would send out 30 to 35 within their region, we can send 100 people to go invade one city. Just go take it over. Just take it. Now, for some of you who say, oh, man, I, I want to go. Indonesia, I want some food. You'll get that. But there, I'm telling you, there's still a lot of cities out there that need to be cracked wide open. We don't have a church in Oklahoma City. What do you know Oklahoma City as? Bombings. Can you imagine if we flipped that around? And now Oklahoma City was known as the bomb that was dropped with Victory Outreach. They sent 100 people and invaded the place and took over. Boom. You're welcome. Be crazy. Who does that? We do. We also have an, we emphasize on having a sense of dignity. Titus chapter 2 verse 7 says, show yourself in all respects to be a model of good works. And in your teaching, show integrity and dignity. What does that mean? Calling nobodies. And making them a somebody. Who in their right mind allows ex-drug addicts to even hold a microphone behind a pulpit? Who does that? Look at Now, I, I'll give you a little bit short of my testimony. I grew up, because of my parents, they were, you know, involved with gangs and drugs and things of, that weren't exactly uh, great to this society and taking in high standards. That's what my parents were involved with. So they put me inside of a school that had very high standards, Fremont Christian School. I went there 13 years of my life. Now, as I went there, within 13 years of my life, getting involved, I had Bible class every day of my life for 13 years. In other words, I knew the Bible even if I didn't want to know the Bible. If I, could, if I refresh myself, I can be able to do it again. Quote the Bible frontwards and backwards. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, all the way, because we used to sing a song. All the way back, Revelation, Jude, all the way backwards. I'd have to refresh myself, but that's the kind of stuff, that's how I was raised to do that. So I remember growing up, being involved, coming out of school, that people used to ask me, oh, and I still remember, they used to ask me, say, hey, would you like to be our youth pastor? Here's an application. Here's an application. Say, ah, you can do it. You're only 18, but man, you're, you, you got it. I remember a few churches used to ask me that, and I, I was kind of blown away. I was like, an application as a youth pastor, what's that? I'd never heard of that before. 
And as I grew in the things of God and I started connecting with more churches, a lot of churches, that's how they do it. They have applications. They want to see your resume. Let's see what you know and what you don't know, what you can provide, what you can't provide, what they can provide for you and what you can't provide. Now, listen, that's good and that's great. It has its place. It has its structure, and that's awesome. But I want you to know something. Here in Victory Outreach, do you love God? Can you preach the gospel? Get on that pulpit and preach your heart out. Go for it. Don't give me an application. Give me your application. Give me that. I'll wait for you to chew on that for a quick second. <laughs> Apply it. Do it. Come give me a piece of paper with a resume. And, oh, I can do this. And that, look, that's good and that's great. And I think as we grow, we'll probably get there and we'll have certain things and stipulations. But I want you to know something. One of the things that we are valued on, we emphasize within discipleship, we emphasize of calling nobodies and making them somebodies. And I'll tell you right now, a lot of churches, they would not give majority of us the time of day. Right away. The moment you would hand over your resume, they look at your arm. And some of you who were drug addicts and you got tattoos on your arm, you already know right away. They'd be, uh, uh, th thank you. God bless you. Uh, the door's over there. Amen. But us, we go, let me see your arm. All right, you're perfect. Get in there. Go pray for that guy. He needs a prayer. We do. We do. Sense of dignity that you can do it. You can make it. You can be somebody. You can travel the world. You can pray for people. You can find a people that were not a people and see that God can make them a royal people. Here once again in Hayward and all over the world. A sense of dignity and belonging and destiny within your life. Emphasize with on that. Can I hear an amen? A self-sustaining ministry. I'm coming to a close right here. A self-sustaining ministry. In other words, everything that we need is in the house. It's right here. Some people ask, well, uh, you know, how are you even able to uh, sustain a church like that? Don't the majority of those people, don't they have low income? Don't some of them have no income? And if we're honest, uh, yeah. You're right. You win the prize which is absolutely nothing. Who cares? We don't care how smart you are. doesn't matter. How are you able to do that? Because we know that it's in the house. It's all right here in the house. You know what I love? And I, I shared this the other day. Up here, if you look at our worship team, we have an islander, right? We got Filipinos up here. We've got some soul up here. We got some cheek cans up here. We got some we don't even know what cans are up here. But they're up here. Africans, Mexicans, Puerto Ricans, put some beans in the can. We just got cans all over the place. But I like what my father used to say, success comes in cans. So get yourself a can opener because we're going to open it. And we're going to see what God is going to do and what God is going to raise up here in the heart of the bay. Disciples, men and women, they're going to travel the world from a city that nobody even knows their name. But we don't care if you don't know our name. We don't care if you know, don't know our ministry. All we care about is that you need to know that God loves you. He can change you. He's got a plan for you. And if he can use me, he can use you. He can use you. Who does that? We do. We do. It's all in the house. The, the eighth thing, getting close to closing here, we are an inner city focused ministry. Acts chapter 26 verse 19 says, So then, King Agrippa, I was not disobedient to the heavenly vision. See, my friend, we have a specific vision to reach the inner cities of the world. That's what we've been called to do. I shared with you earlier, I grew up in Fremont Christian. That's how I grew up, going there. And that's all I had, hearing, walking up and down the halls. Hey, what's up, dude? How you doing, dude? Hey, what's happening, dude? Oh, my gosh. Hey, it's crazy. Like, really? I didn't do my homework. It's like, oh, my gosh. You're probably saying, Pastor, how you do that so well? Because that's how I was around. 
Crazy Becky. I had four friends named Becky, by the way. I used to play basketball. And when I played basketball, I used to go there. Ugliest uniforms you've ever seen, man. These things are garbage. But I used to go there. Sometimes my parents didn't show up. Guess who used to show up? The man's home. So I'd be out there doing my warm-ups. Yeah, what's up? All right. Yeah, all right, doing the warm-ups. And then all of a sudden I'd get one of my teammates go, hey, 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 who's that? I go, oh, this is just some of my friends. What? What? Oh, my gosh. I said, well, who are those guys? That guy has a tattoo on his face. I know. I gave it to him. No, I'm just kidding. I didn't give it to him. I didn't give it to him. I'm just kidding. Made that up. Made that up. But they used to trip out on me all the time. They were like, how in the world? Would you, like, you go to Fremont Christian. Where in the, like, how, I don't get, how does that guy, he's fresh out of prison and he's sitting in the bleachers. Is that guy going to stab me? <laughs> I'm, these are, I'm not kidding. These are questions I used to get. I used to get them all the time. Pastor Daryl used to drop me off at school. Now, he looks good now. If you don't know who he is, he's the one that came up here and took your money earlier. That's the one. <laughs> he looks good. He looks great. Dignified. You know, the Bible says. Well, back then, I think he came in the home in 91 or 92. 92, he came in the home. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. He really did. And he showed me a picture. He looked like Charles Manson. And if you think I'm joking, ask him. He might still have the picture. The long hair. What happened? No hair. <laughs> Come to Christ. We'll make you lose your hair. Amen. <laughs> I'm serious. Pastor Darrell looked crazy. And I used to show up in a van that had a wire holding the sliding door and the passenger door together. With the vehicle that had the plastic and the duct tape, right? Now, for me, it was normal. I was like, I guess, no big deal, I guess, whatever. But you have to remember, I went to Fremont Christian. These guys had Beamers, Bentleys. I'm not kidding. These, these had money. These were business owners, and a lot of them, they weren't even Christians, but they owned businesses, and they knew the value of a Christian school and a private school, even though they were Hindus and Buddhists and, and other religions. They didn't care about religion because they knew that at home they discipled them. So what would they would do? They would just send them to a school that had good values. So those are the ones that I went to school with, and here I am. They're, they're, they're driving up in Beamers and Bentleys, and here I am. Okay, I'm waiting for you to untie the wire as I get out of the sliding door. Open it up. All right, guys. See you later. All right. All right, Stella. See you later. Essay. Again, this happened a couple times. I wish I was making this up. They go, all right. I'll see you later. Hey, uh, Stevon, you think we could use the phone in your office to call the home director? Yeah, I can't move the van. It uh, busted out again. You know, it's, it's gone. It's always been our focus. It's been who we are. And I want to tell you something. Yeah, I grew up in that school, but that's always been my focus. That's all I've ever been around. Yeah, I've, you know, had the, hey, Becky, and hey, crazy, and oh, my gosh, and yeah, 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 but I want to tell you something. My parents did a pretty good job of making sure, okay, look, that's good and that's great, but you need to focus right here. God's got a plan for you and a focus for you, and if you just stay focused on what is happening, don't get too excited with the riches and all this other stuff. Don't focus on that. I'm telling you, you're going to see a great plan unfold for your life if you stay focused on the vision that God has for you. 
inner city focused. We are also committed to church planting. Planting expands, from a, expands us from a local level to an international level, giving us position and influence and even authority all over the world. It keeps us thinking futuristically. Isaiah 54, verse 2 and 3, as it comes to the piano here, says, Enlarge the place of your tent. Stretch your tent curtains wide. Do not hold back. Lengthen your cords. Strengthen your stakes, for you will spread out to the right and to the left. Your descendants will dispossess nations and settle in their desolate cities. It keeps us focusing on expansion. In other words, yes, Hayward is good. Yes, Hayward is great. But listen, you got to think bigger than just what you see in front of you. Got to think more than that. Those of you guys in the home, I know that all you see is just your bunk bed. All you see is just the guy that's there next to you. But you got to see bigger than that. It's more than that. It's more than just saying, well, it's my nine to five. This is just what I do. No. That may be just something you have to do with your hands, but that's not something you have to fulfill with your heart. It's bigger than that. Well, my marriage is not that strong. Listen, God will strengthen your marriage. If you please him, faith, you need faith to please him. See, because some of you, even right now, you're, you're starting to get a little bit of that pull. Like, man, I, I want to go. I'd like to be a part of that. But, I, but how am I going to do it? Listen, you just got to have a heart and the desire and focus on what God has for you. Then watch what can happen. We're going to plant all over the world. Listen, we're in the Philippines right now that this church started that work over there. But you know what the Philippines is called? It's called the Gateway to Asia. Asia. That has the largest part of the population on this planet. And if we have, look at this. Victory Irish, we're talking about where in the world go for it. They have the largest population in the Asian, the islands, all that stuff. Guess how many churches we have? So if you're wondering, wow, where can I go? Asia? Well over a billion people just in China. Just in China. A billion. I, I believe by last look, it was like 1.4 billion people. Probably more by now. I, that was last year. 1.4 billion people. Well, what are we going to do? Guess what China's waiting for? It's waiting for the heart. I just barely got saved. I don't even know that much. I haven't taken any Veti yet. I don't, I don't even have a Bible. Perfect candidate. Just get over there and go pray. I don't, don't worry about it. Somebody's going to be right there to disciple you. You'll be all right. Because if you have that desire and that passion. See, and the last thing that we are is we're a passionate people. Passionate. I know some of you, if you're visiting with us for the first time, say, why does he keep on yelling? The way I see it is that if I can go to a game and clap my hands for a guy that I'll never meet, who hits a little tiny cowhide 350 feet over a fence, and I can cheer for him, yet my cheering pays for his running, I'm pretty sure that I can clap and cheer for a God who saved my life. That I've met and I've had a face-to-face -face encounter with. So if you're wondering, saying, why is he so passionate? Why, why does he yell so much? It's because there's a passion that is deep inside that I can't help it. I can't help it. I read this quote from Abraham Lincoln. I said, man, Abraham Lincoln was my kind of guy. He said, when I hear a man preach, I like to see him act as if he were fighting bees. He said, woo! That's what I'm talking about. He said, give me a man full of passion, full of fire. Now, believe me, a lot of people yell. A lot of people scream. A lot of people, I hope that you don't hear my screaming. I hope you hear this passion. It's passion. The other day they were saying, let's, let's play some football. I said, all right. They go, let's play flag. They go, I ain't playing no flag. I said, if you're going to hit me, then hit me. I don't care. 
I know some of you look, well, Pastor, you're real small, you're real tiny. Then you ain't been on the floor with me. So my thing is, you can tackle me, but you better catch me. And then when you do, it's going to take a lot of you to get me down. I don't care. I don't care. Because I'm in this to win this. I'm in I got some dignity. I got some destiny. I got a purpose. I got a goal. I got to get there. So if you're going to find me, you better find me with all you got because I'm ready to go. There's a passion that's deep inside that is going to drive anything and anyone that's in front. So let's go. I know the demon's coming this way. I know it's coming that way. But there's a passion that's deep inside that's ready to rise up and bring some people along and say, hey, if I can do it, you can do it. If I can make it, you can make it. If I can do this, you can do this. Let's go. There's a goal. We can move. Let's go to China. Let's go to Germany. Let's go to Africa. Let's go to Europe. Let's go to that side of the United States. Let's go to Mexico. Let's go to Latin America. Why? Because of the passion that's deep inside that's driving the heart of the bay. Come on, give the Lord a hand of praise. If you believe you're here with me this morning, come on, stand to your feet. Stand to your feet from all over this place. Oh, hallelujah. 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 Listen, a people that were not a people, that's who God has called you. Don't you ever forget that. I don't care if you came from high society or no society. God can use you. Man, I messed up, man. My marriage, I don't get along with my wife. I don't get along with my husband. It's too hard. God can't use us. He can use you. If you would have seen the pastors that came up here to pioneer this church and all the hang-ups that they had, you would have never thought. Matter of fact, you know, Sister Julie tells a story that she did not even really kind of go for my father with my mom. Because remember, he was from the home. And, you know, guys from the home, you're like, oh, they're, they're from the home. They're all messed up. Because let's be honest, all right, they, they messed up, but they're not messed up. Are you hearing me? Are you hearing me? They made a mistake, but they're not a mistake. So because of that, the pastors that came up here, thank God that we had pioneers and leaders that said, look, we ain't got it together. You ain't got it together. But let's do this together. Amen. Let's do this. We can win Hayward. We can win the Bay Area. We can shake the Bay Area for God's honor and for God's glory. I know you may not have it together. I know there may be some consequences of circumstances that you're going through that you feel like you can't get out of, but I want you to know something. God's still got a plan for you. God's still got a purpose for you. God's still got a destiny for you. Why? Because he's given you dignity. He has given you that gladness, that happiness, that joy inside of your life. No matter what you've been through. I don't know where you've been through, but I know where you can go. And who's going to be holding you the whole time? Lift your hands with me here this morning. Listen, if that's you and this message touched your life, I can't exactly put one point on it. But if you say, you know what, this message has touched my life, that is me. I want you to slip out of your seat right now. Come to this altar. Whether you're single, whether you're married, whether you're tall, whether you're short, does not matter.